The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your first appointment. Today we're talking about headaches. Now, if you don't know this, I have been doing Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne now for over eight years. And so we we have <laughs> in the office, I have a, I don't want to call it a ritual, but it happens every single week. I get the team together and I'm like, guys, and they say yes. I'm like, what am I talking to? <laughs> What am I talking about on my radio show this week? And they're like, um, and they're like, throw out ideas. And one of my team members today said, I have had a lot of questions recently about headaches. And I said, so say it, so let it be done. Now, reason being is because headaches, I personally feel like, is one of the most common symptoms in society that we have normalized and that we have reverted to over-the-counter medication because of its ability, like it's so readily available anywhere that you go. Like you can go to a gas station and they have these kind of over-the-counter pain relievers. So when we look at this, because it's common, because so many people have it, we're just like, oh yeah, I get headaches. It's normal. And it's not. It's common. It's not normal. Headaches also, I find, as if they are one of the more easily dismissed, right? Oh, I just slept funny. Oh, I was on the computer for too long. Oh, I, um, oh, females, I'm going to start my cycle, right? It's just hormones. And you're like, oh, that totally makes sense. But then how how come others can sleep funny and be at the computer all day and go through those same hormonal changes at the start of their cycle and they don't have the same headaches? And the reason is, is because there is something else underlying going on, right? So that's our goal is always to get to the root cause. So I'm going to run you through today some of the more common causes of headaches, but then two natural ways to be able to get rid of headaches. So that's what we're talking about today. No, it's common, it's not normal, and it's not something that you have to live with. It's what we get to do every single day at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. So before we touch base on that, let's talk about some news. 
Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Maybe Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar Protesters a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. Today's Health in the News comes from an article, Fight Alzheimer's in Your Mid-30s by Tracking These Warning Signs. Fight Alzheimer's in Your Mid-30s by Tracking These Warning Signs. No, don't get worried. They talk about a lot of these studies are actually 30s to 50s. So, And this is something that would be applicable to, I personally feel like, kids, middle adults, and people who are aging past that as well. So they say having cholesterol and blood sugar in your 30s may raise your risk of Alzheimer's disease decades later in life, according to a new study. We have shown for the first time that the associations between cholesterol and glucose levels and the future risk of Alzheimer's disease extend much earlier in life than previously thought said senior study author Lindsay Farr, who's chief of medical biomedical genetics at Boston University. This study gives us more fuel for the fire that we need to start as early as we possibly can in the fight against Alzheimer's, uh, said another director of Alzheimer's Prevention Clinic. So people's age, people's, oh boy, people ages... <laughs> 35 to 50, who had high levels of triglyceride, a type of cholesterol found in the blood, and low levels of good cholesterol, called high-density lipoproteins, also known as HDLs, were more likely to be diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease later in life, the study found. Uh, In the early-aged group, 35 to 50, only an increase of 15 uh, milligrams per deciliter in triglycerides was associated with an approximate 5% increase in Alzheimer's disease risk. The association was not seen for the older age group, perhaps because older adults are treated for cholesterol more aggressively. We'll talk about that in a second. Alternatively, it could reflect that high triglycerides in early adulthood may be a trigger of a cascade of metabolic events that over time initiate processes that directly lead to Alzheimer's disease. I agree with that. We'll talk about it in a second. In people's aged 51, people, people ages, people's not a word. In people ages 51 to 60, it was higher blood sugar levels that raised the risk of Alzheimer's, according to the study. For every 15 points that your blood sugar goes up, your risk of Alzheimer's goes up 14.5% later in life. Um Having high cholesterol may not cause Alzheimer's, but it presses the fast-forward button on the disease, pathology, and cognitive decline. There is also the relationship between diabetes and the development of amyloid pathology. Beta amyloid plaques in the brain are one of the marked signals of Alzheimer's, along with tangles of protein called tau. Just like any chronic disease of aging, high cholesterol, heart attacks, and strokes, they all start silently decades before they show up. Alzheimer's disease is no different. Targeting them early on the best recipe for optimal brain health as we age. So they said raising HDL, your good 
cholesterol helps. The study published this past week in Alzheimer's and Dementia, the Journal of the Alzheimer's Association, followed people enrolled in a Farmingham Heart Study, a government-supported study that is now on its 74th year. What's unique about this study is it is the large sample of individuals that are examined every four years or so, starting at the age of 35 and followed into the age when Alzheimer's diagnosis may occur. There were some good news about the study. People 35 to 50 could lower their Alzheimer's risk by 15.4% if they raised their HDL by 15 milligrams per deciliter. People between the ages of 51 and 60 who raised their HDL reduced their risk by 17.9, so almost 18%. That's huge. High-density lipoproteins are called good cholesterol because it gathers up all the bad stuff floating around in the bloodstream and it takes it to the trash. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, it takes it to your liver. That's what this article says, your tr- trash, where it's fleshed from the body. Um, the CDC states that high HDL levels can be protective against heart disease and stroke. Les- levels of uh, HDL should be at at least 40 milligrams per deciliter for men and 50 for women. People who wish to tackle their cholesterol should work carefully with a preventative cardiologist and neurologist. Good luck finding those around here. Preventative is not one that they typically see. You'll see one that's just very quick to put you on medication, unfortunately. Uh, The take-home message is that people who are in their 30s and early 40s need to have their lipids and blood sugar measured, right? Um, That's the big takeaway. The big takeaway should... (laughs) The big takeaway is that you should make lifestyle choices that would lead to a good cholesterol. And because when you look at triglycerides, triglycerides are formed from having too much sugar in the bloodstream. So when we're talking about this cognitive decline, what I think is so interesting is that, you know, for so long we've said, hey, we have to ensure that your blood cholesterol levels are at the lowest they could ever be lower than 200 right in the 70s 270 was appropriate you know and every couple decades they just move it down more and more and more where if you're at 200 they say well you're on the cusp we should probably give you a statin which would stop the production of cholesterol in your liver so um so that your numbers go down but no one says why is why is cholesterol high to begin with right no one addresses that regard and so the problem that I see more than anything is that we say, hey, let's take away all cholesterol because statins just don't lower your LDL. They stop the production of cholesterol in your liver. And so how how do you increase HDL? And it's very simple. Good, healthy fats, avocado, olive oil, um, wild caught fish, Um if you look at like good healthy if you can't get enough of that fish oil sardines had some of those for lunch today sure did um i had half an avocado for lunch right and know that that when you raise your hdls it's going to raise your total cholesterol but what i think is so interesting right and this is 100 percent my opinion but this is my thousand foot overview is that we had this low fat trend what, in like the 70s into the 80s where people say, yeah, you know, I can't have guacamole because I have high cholesterol. 
and all this stuff, right? So we we take all the fat out of all of our food. We demonize cholesterol. And then on top of that, we're saying, here, here's the statin. Well, guess what your brain needs? Your brain needs fat. Your brain needs cholesterol. It is part of the fuel for your brain. And so for decades and in, in years and decades and all of these things, we say, we are going to starve the brain from all of this good, healthy stuff. And we can't figure out why our brain is shriveling up. And we can't remember who we are or who we lived with or all of these things. And we see this onset and, you know, memory care facilities are huge for the people who lived decades starving their brain from a fat that it properly needed. So now I'm interested to see this like keto kick that has been going on the last several years. You know, people are now embracing these good healthy fats. They're consuming, you know, more avocado than anything. They're consuming tons of like fat bombs. And we've got this keto diet that just relishes all of these fats. Keto, sometimes not as good of fats as others, right? But we've like embraced fat more and we've moved away from this low fat kick. So I'm so interested now to all of these individuals who are nourishing and feeding their body all of these amazing good healthy fats. Now, if we fast forward, you know, several decades, because I mean, I'm part of those people who are nourishing and feeding fat into the brain. So I'm so interested in 30 or 40 years when we pick our heads up. And now all my hopes are that because we've nourished the brain, our likelihood um, of Alzheimer's goes down and all of these memory care facilities shut down because they don't have any people. So, you know, it's one of those only time will tell. But in the meantime, I am going to eat foods that nourish my brain. I'm going to eat foods that nourish my cell because those are ones when you choose those specific ones, those manage your glucose levels too. So like make choices. So as much as they say in this article, you know, the big takeaway is that people need to get tested. Um, Yeah, you can get tested, but regardless why those numbers are off, a pill is not going to fix that. If you don't change your inevitable lifestyle, that disease is just process going to build somewhere else or you're going to have a new um, symptom that's just given a new medication. Treat your body like it's the only one you have because guys, the body that you have is the only one you get. Treat it that way. Now, when we come back, if you are someone or know someone who suffers with chronic headaches, We're going to talk more about it. You won't want to miss it. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life-changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. Hear full shows on the podcast link at Freedom95.us. Here's Dr. Leanne. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always schedule an appointment online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Today we are talking about headaches. There is something I need you to know. Headaches are not normal. 
you shouldn't have them. I'll tell you, um, one of the, I've only had headaches a couple times in my life. Um, the more recent one I can remember um, was, oh, actually, okay, so the last two, the more recent one I had, interestingly enough, was from just a little bug, like a viral infection that I was fighting off. And then the time before that, um, the time before that was when I was pregnant with my first. So it was like five and a half years ago. And um, it was hormonal based. And I remember just like I got adjusted and it didn't go away and I got adjusted and it didn't go away. And I'm like, what is this? And it was just like a big hormone shift in pregnancy. And I felt like it was probably a nine out of 10 in terms of pain. In the moment, though, that being said, looking back on it, uh, it was for people who actually get real headaches, it was probably like a three. (laughs) But for someone who'd never had it, it did make me feel right. Like I understand so much more. So let's talk about some of the most common types of headaches. TMJ. Uh, that temporomandibular joint, that's the pain at the temples, kind of right in front of your ears. There's sinus headaches, that's like above your um, eyebrows, kind of where that furrowed brow might come or right above the arch in your eyebrows. Or if you were um, like right underneath your eyes, those are where your, your sinus cavities sit. You could have a cluster headache, which is typically a pain around uh, one eye. A tension headache is like a band, like they're squeezing your head. Migraines are a little bit different. That oftentimes can cause auras, which are like visual disturbances or changes, um, pain or nausea, or you have one that stems from the neck. So it's pain at the top and in the back of the head, kind of the most common types, right? Um, Tension headaches are usually the most common ones. People say it a lot. Well, I just like stress headaches. They're characterized by pain. Um, that's a dull or pressure or tightness around the forehead, the back of the head and the neck. I feel like someone's like squeezing your head. This is often where people say, I just carry my stress. That's why I'm stressed. And we're like, well, then how come you have all of these individuals who are so stressed and they don't have, we, like they don't have those same headaches? And you're like, because there's something else underlying going on. If you have stress and that stress exacerbates an underlying, then that's where it happens, right? But even if you've had headaches since you were a kid, know that um, it's not something that you have to live with. I would say headaches are probably our most um, common symptom that we see and get relief with. So it's one where we have tons of um, testimonies, but it's because because we actually get to the cause. So let's first talk about what some of the causes of these headaches may be. And then what we'll do is we'll circle around and after the break, then we'll talk about some natural ways to be able to get rid of some of these headaches. Number one is a problem and solution all in the same regard. And it's dehydration. Dehydration. So it's kind of one where you're like, how do you solve dehydration? Answer, water. (laughs) So if you're sweating in excess, that will dehydrate you. Um, And when you don't have enough water, your body loses essential fluids and electrolytes. It needs to function optimally. When you're dehydrated, your brain can temporarily, temporarily contract a fluid loss, which can result in dehydration, migraine, or headaches. So, um, and then also what I see is that dehydration 
causes muscle rigidity. And if those muscles are rigid, then that will pull as well. And so those are ones like uh, anytime someone comes in and says, oh my goodness, like I have such a bad headache. One of the first things that I ask them is in the last 48 hours, how much water have you drank? Know this. I, I did not ask them, how much coffee did you drink? I did not ask them, how much Gatorade did you drink? I did not ask them, how much tea did you drink? I did not ask them, how much soda did you drink? I asked them, how much water? Not all fluids are created equal. And so oftentimes, we think that we're hydrated. I have a cup of coffee in the morning and that's all I drink the rest of the day's water, which is fine, right? Like I believe me, I get my cup of coffee in the morning too. But oftentimes what happens is you have that cup of coffee. It's not like an eight ounce cup. It's more like a 20 ounce cup. And then you only have 30 or 40 ounces the rest of the day. Well, 30 or 40 ounces for every ounce of uh, caffeinated beverage, like coffee, it's coffee is a diuretic caffeine I should say is a diuretic and so it pushes more water out of your cell so if you have a 20 ounce coffee and only drink 30 to 40 ounces of water you've really only hydrated about 10 to 20 ounces if you're an average adult you should be getting 80 to 120 ounces a day depending on how big you are right and so if you're 80 to 100 and you're only getting 10 to 20 that chronic dehydration is what will cause so one of the cheapest one of the cheapest that you really, because you should have, we live in, a, in a, a country that has water readily available, drinking water. You're like, is your tap the most healthy? No, but could you drink it and not die? Yes. So start drinking water. Don't wait till you have a headache. But look, number one that I typically see is going to be from an aspect of dehydration. Up next will be, it can also be a result from a viral infection. So influenza, rhinovirus, um, headaches can be called, caused from uh, Epstein-Barr virus, mononucleosis. It is not uncommon for viral infections to cause a headache, um, which was interesting because my husband had had, uh, this is several weeks back, my husband had a really bad headache and he's also one that doesn't get headaches unless he's dehydrated. And so I was like, how much water did you drink? And he was like, gosh, I really thought that I drank enough water. And so he drank more and more water. But I mean, he had to like go to bed early, which is so uncharacteristic of my husband. And that next morning I texted him and I was like, how he was at um, work. And I said, how, how's your headache? How are you doing? And he was like, good. I, I definitely feel better. So then um, that afternoon I had like an awful headache and was just kind of like meh so know that it could be one if you have a headache that just lasts for a day or two it could just be a viral infection that's okay when we talk about hormonal imbalance that is another one um, it's not uncommon for individuals to have headaches but it's not with the hormonal fluctuation right that hormonal fluctuation what I got during pregnancy but oftentimes when you see just every month that you have a migraine headache it's because likely of a hormonal imbalance there's a hor like those if there's a normal shift and change in your hormones then we oftentimes don't see headaches if we're seeing them every cycle, it is likely due to the fact that there is some sort of um, underlying, underlying hormonal imbalance. 
uh, bad posture and neck subluxation. Subluxation is where those bones shift out of place. Um, so as you know, this is when we look at. What's interesting is that forward head posture, that kind of like jut, if you were to look at your uh, side profile, right? So the middle of your ear, if you plumb line it down, should fall directly over your shoulders. So that kind of like it almost looks like poor posture. It's actually considered forward head posture. So for every inch forward that head posture is, it will increase the weight of the head on the spine by 10 pounds. So according to Mayo Clinic, forward head posture leads to long-term headaches, muscle strain, arthritis, and pinched nerves. So when people are like, oh yeah, this is what I see a lot of people like, oh, I can kind of like rub it out for a little bit and it felt better, but then it comes right back, but then it comes right back and then it comes right back because you still have that forward head posture. You still have, um, you still have that subluxation, which is the cause. Oh, and let's talk about this real quick. Uh, over the counter pain medication does not get rid of the cause of the headache. Can we just all agree on that? If you have a headache, it's not because you lack acetaminophen or Tylenol. If you have a headache, it's not because you lack aspirin. If you have a Tylenol, it's not because your body lacks ibuprofen. Those things mask the pain, and that's why those headaches come right back, is because they don't get to the root cause of the problem. So we really have to start addressing, are we actually, is what I'm doing getting to the cause of the problem or not? Another common cause of headaches that I see are nutritional deficiencies. Nutritional, who would have thought? So nutritional deficiencies, B2, folate, which is B9, uh, B12, vitamin D, or magnesium. I'll talk to you about um, what types you should be taking if you're looking at supplementation or what types of food that you can eat to increase these as, as well. Another one too that I see can be mold exposure, right? Um, it could be under your sink, in your basement, different parts of your house. Um, other signs of mold toxicity often can be like frequent asthma attacks, depression, sleep problems, excessive coughing, headaches, joint pain, low energy. So we'll talk about solutions for that uh, in a moment. But another one is chronic stress or poor sleep. So sleep allows for your brain to detox. So there is science showing that sleep is critical for your brain cells to do a couple things. Number one is detoxify waste, metabolic waste. I actually read an article one time and I said, sleep is your brain dumpster. And so what they find is that your brain actually slightly shrinks when you're sleeping and it allows for the cerebral spinal fluid to clean out all of these like dirty or debris cells. That was really interesting. Uh, two, sleep allows for you to get rid of dysfunctional neuronal cells. It uh, rebuilds new neuronal connections. It resets uh, and rebalances neurotransmitters and it improves neurotransmitter receptor sensitivity. So um, 
what's really interesting is so brain cells perform autophagy, which means self-eating. So it's like mopping up disease and damaged bits of proteins and metabolic waste. So what happens is special nervous system cells called glials, those glial cells rush to scavenge additional waste in and around the brain cells. The glymphatic, yes, GL, glymphatic system flushes out dirty fluid and molecules from inside the brain tissue through a network of pathways. So clean cerebral spinal fluid, CSF, replaces it. And then the lymphatic vessels surrounding the brain deliver the waste to the lymphatic system, which rids its body of toxins, waste, and other unwanted material. So when you're like, I have a headache, it's probably a bunch of (laughs) brain debris. <clears throat> That's not the medical terminology for it, so don't don't say any don't say that again. Um, it also can be from a food sensitivity. I had a patient for so long figure out that her trigger to migraines is that she had a food sensitivity to onions. So imagine, especially for how often onions are put in everything, but she she had a food sensitivity to onions. And so this will kind of talk as well about natural ways to start decreasing that um, or how to address that most adequately. So when we have these migraines, we have to figure out no one want. I can tell you from having those like minor headaches, headaches or migraine, no one, no one cares to have those. So when we come back, we're going to talk specifically about natural ways to start helping your headaches. listening to maximize your life with dr leanne we're online with life-changing results and success stories at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com you're listening to maximize your life with dr leanne hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us here's dr leanne Really appreciate you listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you could always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. <laughs> We're talking about headaches. So I wanted to revisit one of the uh, patient testimonies that we have had. His name is Mark, and he has seen great results with his headaches being under care at Greenwood Family Chiropractic. Hi, my name is Mark, and this is my story. For as long as I can remember, I've suffered from migraine headaches. As a kid, I can remember um, laying in bed, being sick to my stomach, and not being able to take any food or drink down because of my migraines. Um, It would come and go in spurts, a couple years would be okay, and then um, as I got into college and into my adult life, they seemed to be occurring more and more as uh, the stress of life, as, um, you know, having a job and 
looking at a computer screen and um, just various factors. Um, so I, I saw a medical doctor, I saw a neurologist, and um, I kept trying different, different medications. It was kind of like a trial and error, what, what could work. And um, I would try anti-seizure medicine, antidepressants, high blood pressure medicine, and none of those of which I directly had. Uh, and it got to a point to where I was having headaches every other day and having to take an Imitrex just to survive because of the excruciating pain, pounding, um, the effects on my sight. I couldn't see, I couldn't, you know, function. You know, I'd have to go home and sleep. And some days I'd have to take a few hours off or take the day off to, to get rid of a headache. Um, and I really wasn't able to experience, um, you know, great times with friends or do things on the fly as things came up. You know, if a headache, um, if, you know, if I had a headache that day. Well, the, the last straw was when my neurologist suggested I try Botox. Um, he couldn't really explain why it helped, would help my migraine headaches, so I had to take a step back at that point and kind of reassess my approach. So I looked into, you know, potential for chiropractic care. I looked into um, changing my food habits. And that is when I met uh, Dr. Leanne about six years ago and started going to Greenwood Family Chiropractic. And I was just impressed from the, from the get-go at how um, I'd never really had a doctor or practitioner um, take a holistic approach to my migraine headaches. It was all about, well, try this medicine or try that medicine. And, you know, come to find out those medications were giving me rebound headaches and just kind of giving, getting me stuck in the cycle of headache after headache. And I didn't know whether it was actually a migraine or whether it was just a headache from the medicine. It got so bad. Um, but as I got x-ray, started getting adjusted and really seeing the, the effect of, you know, kind of more of the holistic approach to caring and addressing those issues and not just attacking the migraine headaches, but attacking everything else that was causing the migraine headaches. Uh, I started seeing results. I started feeling better. I started um, changing my eating habits. I started uh, doing the uh, exercises that were recommended as part of my care. And now, you know, I occasionally will have a headache, but I rarely have a migraine headache and I'm able to enjoy uh, and not be impacted, whether it's at work or whether it's with friends and family, whether it's just, you know, doing what I want to do, <laughs> you know, I can enjoy life and not have to deal with, with wondering if I have medication in my pocket or if, or if that Imitrex shot will work and, or if I'll be sick, sick at a client and, you know, stuck without a way to get rid of the headache. So my name is Mark and this is my story. If you want to learn more about what Mark did, 
for his headaches, give us a call. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can just hop on our website, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam and consultation. Now let's talk solutions. What are some natural solutions to help with headaches? Right, we already talked about if dehydration is the cause, then let's get some water in there. That's a little bit easy. When we talk about nutritional deficiencies, it is very common when we talk about B vitamins to see more, um, I mean, Deficiencies in B vitamins is interesting. Doing functional medicine testing, it's been very, very interesting to see the amount of people who come in deficient. So one thing that you can obviously do is you want to get most of these nutrients your food. So when you're looking at wild-caught salmon, raw nuts, healthy vegetables, cruciferous vegetables, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, Kale, you can get them from uh, low glycemic index fruits, berries, raspberries, blueberries, um, grass-fed beef, right? Like, so basically, what I can tell you is when we're like, "Hi, where do you get all of these from?" Really great, clean eating, right? So if your if your nutrition stems from goodness, um, pop tarts for breakfast. Um, a lunch meat sandwich with chips for lunch and, you know, a boxed helper meal for dinner, you know, you're you're likely huge in terms of nutritional deficiencies. So again, just working on getting more to that cause. For me specifically too, though, I also take what we have in our office. It's called our essential pack. So our essential pack is essentially everything you need and is essential. So not only does it have a multivitamin, the B vitamins that you're looking for should be methylated. It's a more natural form. Yes, it does matter. If I hear someone else say, it doesn't matter if you take folic acid, they are very unfamiliar with like MTHFR, which about 50% of the, the population has and may not know about, which means you don't methylate, you don't utilize folic acid, it's synthetic. Your B12 should be methylcobalamin, not cyanocobalamin. It's probably the easiest one when people say, how do I know if my B vitamins are the proper form? Go Or your multivitamins too. Go and look. And under B12, if your vitamins say cyanocobalamin, that means there's a derivative of cyanide and they say it's not that big of a deal because it's small enough to not have an effect on the body. And I'm like, well, no wonder people think that, you know, vitamins aren't good for you. You're just like, oh, yeah, here's my multivitamin with a side of cyanide. But don't worry, it's such small portions. So look, uh, magnesium, I personally take magnesium glycinate. It is a more bioavailable that allows for um, the body to absorb it without a lot of gastrointestinal. Those are also in the essential pack. It also includes fish oil for good healthy fats, as well as vitamin D. Vitamin D, you want to ensure it's vitamin D3. The average person needs, you know, your multivitamin usually has about 400. It's what the recommended daily intake is. Though that being said, you can have it tested. The average person does better and actually utilizes, gets their blood levels up for vitamin D when they're closer to about 5,000 IUs a day. So if you ever want to test, we can look at that in the office as well. But those are ones. Summertime, don't go out with sunscreen already on. 
Sunscreen stops your, oh, maybe we should talk about that. Sunscreen stops your absorption of, uh, of sunlight, UVBs, that creates vitamin D. So go out for a little bit. Let your little body see some sun. If you can only take 10 minutes, do that. If you can tolerate 20, do that. If you can tolerate an hour, do that. And then put sunscreen on. That's how you, that's the best vitamin D you could have is from the sun. Now for addressing bad posture and neck subluxation. That is one that is so incredibly important. I see people who now have this repetitive micro trauma, texting, typing, driving on the computer all day. And so though you feel like you're sitting up straight, right? You kind of pull the shoulder blades back and you feel like you sit up nice for a while, but then the posture sinks back. And most of the time, it can be due to loss of cervical curve. You are meant to have a curvature in your neck. It could be one big accident. It could be a series of tiny events, like your spine is like a wire hanger, that it, you see this shift. And so though you can sit up straight, unless you're looking at someone who actually knows how to physically correct the structure of your spine, you know, our specialty in the office is um, that we want to get down to the root cause. If you're if you've lost the curvature, you can do all the water, all the B vitamins, all the magnesium, all the massage, all the this, all the that. But if you've lost the curve in your neck, it's like if you take a banana and flatten it, it crushes the insides. And you say, gosh, my my muscles are so tight. Yes, your muscles are tight because it's your muscles are trying to um, stabilize that forward head posture. <laughs> So this is just one that you have to get to the root cause, move back that forward head posture. It is incredibly important. Next one, we talk about if this is mold related or if you suspect mold, if you if you see mold in your house, this is one that you want to get evaluated further. Wiping a little bit of bleach on there is not, you might kill what you see, but it's likely behind those walls. My son uh, years back after we moved into we have we live in an old farmhouse and when we had moved in I noticed that my son developed eczema really bad and so I know that skin related issues oftentimes can be a sign of mold toxicity so we had a third party come in and what's interesting it was very important to my husband that the person who did mold testing also did not do remediation and I didn't understand why he was so convicted about this but basically he's like I don't want a company to try to find something that's like oh they find it and that's because they fix it he's like I wanted a company that literally just came in and tested for mold and told us yes or no they went outside they went inside so they did ambient outside air because you know there's natural mold spores out there versus inside different rooms start high and low so it was really interesting so I would say you can get mold tested. Uh, we did not have mold, so we did not need remediation. But poor sleep, right? This is one where set a time, get off your phone, shut off the lights, because all of a sudden you lay in bed, but you scroll through your phone, you pick your head up, it's an hour later, and you're like, oh, wow. Plus, you have all the blue lights, so your body thinks it's the middle of the day. You're mentally stimulated, and that takes you another hour to fall asleep. Old school. Get a book. Get a dim light and read. Crazy. Turn your TV off. Turns the screens off an hour before. But you actually have to plan for, for a bedtime if you want to get enough sleep. Last one too, some of the more common food triggers when we talk about food allergies or sensitivities. Gluten, dairy, eggs, soy, corn, sugar, chocolate, additives like nitrates, 
Um, nitrites and nitrates are what's in hot dogs. They're in pepperoni. They're in wine, which is why oftentimes people um, have a uh, like a rash or they have really bad headaches after wine. That's why. So one of the easiest, cheapest things you can do, you could, I mean, we could go through food allergy testing, um, but most of the time it just means you have leaky gut and we want to heal the gut. So one of the easiest ways is just cut out, do an elimination diet. So when another one of my kids... <laughs> Um, started having eczema signs as well. I knew what to do. And so we cut out. We were already gluten and dairy free, but we had just added eggs in her diet. So, um, and we're also soy free. Uh, so we just cut those out. So one is you can do gluten, dairy, and egg free. Cut those all out. Wine free, no alcohol, no caffeine. And give it some time and see if you notice that difference. Then you slowly reintroduce those foods and if you notice those migraine triggers and we can go back but all of those still with a sensitivity tend to lead back to food allergies so leaky gut is what causes those lots of different reasons so if you're that person who sits and thinks gosh I've tried a lot of these things and it hasn't been helpful if you don't know what your cervical spine looks like that's where I would tell you it's time to figure it out 317-893-2853 317-893-2853 or you can always reach out greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com that's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your initial exam consultation see what's going on and allow us to help you get to the root cause of your problem thanks so much for tuning in look forward to next week but always remember that your power is on 